It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. On deck. Six is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's a Friday. You made it. Glad you did. We're going to get through just a whole bunch of different kinds of news this morning. And then that way you can just get out and enjoy your weekend and not worry about this stuff anymore. Which, by the way, means it's open phones all the way. I have open phones every day of the week at some point. On Fridays, it's the entire program. So at any point, you can interrupt me, change the subject if you want. 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-WOODS. And watch this. I'm about to make Miss Mary really jealous. Uh, if I get into the elevator in this building, which is a big bank building, I'm in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and I go all the way down to the basement, there's a kitchen there with a vending machine, and they have stuff like Pop-Tarts and other stuff. That's tempting. They've been calling to me from up. So at some point this morning, I'm going to go down and get some of those. So, okay, so 888-97 was the phone number. First story, yesterday, I'm just going to touch on this real quick, but yesterday did the same thing I think every other talk show host in the nation did. As soon as the Biden administration announced they were going to put up a border wall or finish building one, only 20 miles worth of it, but still going against everything Biden and his administration have been saying all along. They refuse to admit that they're just wrong about this. They just can't say we were wrong and we have to build this wall. They're making every other excuse in the book. Googly eyes, Ocasio-Cortez is now mad as hell at the Biden administration, especially because in order to build this section of wall, Biden administration had to throw out some environmental rules. So, you know, screw the environment. We need a border wall. So uh, Ocasio-Cortez not happy. That story developing, again, still waiting to see what the news media is going to do with it because CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, organizations like that, well, they'll try at first just to ignore the story, and they still kind of are. When they finally do touch on it, they'll make excuses for them. They will. I know that based on past behavior. So, okay. Next story up this morning. As I read the headline, it suddenly struck me, hang on. We've been having this conversation here in Wyoming. Headline, blue states shock taxpayers' wallets with massive electricity rate increases. Hold on. Does that sound familiar? Because we here in Wyoming, we have Rocky Mountain Power. And Rocky Mountain has asked for a rate increase of up to 30%. Now, of course, we know if they ask for up to 30%, well, I mean, that's not what they're really asking for. They're going to be negotiated back, and they'll go ahead and pull back quite a bit and then act like, well, they're the magnanimous ones, and look how much they care. We we really need that 30%, but, you know, we'll take 15. We'll do that because we know it's it's hard on you, the consumers out there, so we'll go ahead and scale that. That way they get to look like the heroes. Of course, that's the way these negotiations work. And again, no genius here. I'm just watching what I've seen in the past. 
So this is what's going to happen again. Meantime, though, we've been wondering here in Wyoming and in other western states that are dealing with Rocky Mountain Power, why such a massive increase? That I have been one among other people who have blamed their investments, let's put in air quotes in that, because a lot of it comes with subsidies, in wind and solar, other things like this. Which, of course, whenever they build these things, take the government money, build out this new technology, we wind up with intermittent energy, but higher utility rates every time. It's happened in California. It's happened in Texas. It's been happening like crazy in Europe. So let's take a look at the story. Blue state taxpayers were hit with the highest residential electricity rate in June outpacing most Republican-controlled states most, according to data recently published by the U.S. Energy Administration. Of the 20 states with the highest residential electricity rates, June 16th, of them, they have de 16 have Democrat governors. The most expensive residential rates are in the 48 states as of June. Connecticut, California, New Hampshire, Maine, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New York, Vermont, much of which President Biden won in 2020. The least expensive states in the continuous 48 were Washington State, Louisiana, Utah, Idaho, Nebraska, North Dakota, Tennessee, Arkansas, Kentucky, with former President Donald Trump carrying all of those states. Of the least expensive 15 states at that time period, only two are not governed by Republicans. So, okay, notably, Connecticut's rate, this is going to sound very familiar to you if you've been following me. Notably, Connecticut's rates were nearly 30% higher than those of Alaska for the month of June. Connecticut is the most populous corridor in the entire U.S., while Alaska does not have the benefit of being able to share transmission lines with other states. They try to do a little bit with Canada, but energy, of course, they're way out, way out there. So energy costs have risen twice as fast as the cost of other goods since Biden took office. According to a House Budget Committee investigation, currently energy prices are up by about 30% as a whole across the nation since Biden took office. The average monthly bill for American residential electricity customers jumped by about 13% between 2021 and 2022, before adjusting for inflation, raising from about, well, it, it talks about how much dollar-wise and so on. Re, uh, recent reports have indicated that heating bills could also skyrocket for Americans in the coming months. Just what we need as we head into winter. White House did not respond to any comments for this. So as I read this, I thought, wow, all of this sounds really familiar, including what's happening here in Wyoming, except... We're supposed to be a very conservative state, but how is it that they're saying they want to jack our rates up that high? And some of our rates have already gone up for various reasons, including carbon sequestration. I didn't really, I had completely forgotten about that. I didn't really know about it uh, or, or remember it, I should say, until I came across a part of the story which said that your utility rates went up a little bit. Because these utility companies here in Wyoming are engaging in carbon sequestration, which I've talked about before as being absolutely, completely useless. But 
In order to do it, they have to spend money, and the utility companies are not going to pay that bill. They're going to pass it on to you. Now, that's not been a huge bump in your utility rates, but it has been a bump in your utility rates. There has been a small uptick because of that. Now, wind and solar, any place that has wind and solar, especially, I hate to say it, Texas, not only has their electricity become more intermittent, but much more expensive, the same way as California. If you're wondering, well, why Texas? You would think Texas, it wouldn't be the case. It is Texas because a lot of people in Texas have been looking at that federal money being handed out for putting up wind and solar, and they wanted a piece of that action. So they went ahead and built in. Not because they're so concerned with going green, as it were, but they're more concerned with, wow, look at the billions of dollars the Biden administration has been handing out. And it has not been good for their state infrastructure, especially at critical times. Of course, with Texas, when it gets really hot. But even in some winter times, they've had some problems because energy has been intermittent. And wind and solar, you were promised wind and solar would be less expensive and more reliable. And we're finding out, even with heavy subsidies, it's the opposite is true. It's more expensive. It's far less reliable. So, yeah, that story kind of caught me this morning. Wow, a lot of these states, huge bump in their electric bills. And we here in Wyoming have been talking about the same exact thing for the past couple of months. Let's see. My sister in Lake Wales, don't eat Pop-Tarts. You need to fit in a plane seat next month. Yeah, that's true. You know, I've had people complain that airplane seats are getting, you know, are just too small. And the answer to that is airplane seats have actually been enlarged a bit over the years. Uh, Airplane seats are not too small. Americans are getting far too big. 616's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Got something to say? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. Three is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Phone lines are open, by the way. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Let me see. I eighty John. Since I was just talking about airplanes, see, I'll go back to where this started from. <clears throat> I'd mentioned at the beginning of the program. Since I'm in Cheyenne today, and I'm in the bank building downtown, A B Bank Building. If I get into the elevator and go all the way down to the cellar, they have a full kitchen down there. If anyone wants to go ahead and put on events or whatever. And there is a vending machine, and they have things like Pop-Tarts in there. And that's really tempting right about now. My sister says, don't eat Pop-Tarts. You need to fit in the plane seat for next month. And that's true. I'm going to go visit family next month. And you got to fit in those airplane seats. So my comment was, airplane seats have not been getting smaller. They've actually increased the size just a little bit over the years. That's not been the problem, America. To that, IED John in Granite Canyon says, Morning, Glenn. It's not the width of the seat. It's the distance between the rows that's gotten smaller. Well, I would say that, too. Yeah, they have been trying to find creative ways to pack us in. I mean, sardines would take a look at people on an airplane and go, Damn, that's really good. It really is. Just a tight fit in there these days. But I can't say it's because... 
we Americans have a problem getting into small seats. It's not the seat. It's us. It really is. In fact, Jim, Jim's listening up in Casper, you know this when we're in a small private plane. And people also com often complain, wow, these little Cessnas are so tight in here. You know, it's four seats, you can't fit four people in here. It's too tight. That and the plane can't lift four people. And, you know, it's more like a three-person plane. The real answer to that is when these planes were built, a lot of these smaller planes, Americans weighed a whole lot less. So we And we were a lot thinner, so you could fit four people in the airplane, and the plane could lift it just fine. Today, no. Big problem. Here's Jim and Casper. So it would have taken eight to nine hours to full. Oh, okay, Jim, I'm going to get to what you're saying in just a minute. He's talking about charging things there. That's it. And I'm doing it again. Okay, Miss Mary, you'll love this one. <clears throat> I was um, using my touch screen a moment ago on my tablet, and I just reached over to read the messages on my laptop, and I tried to scroll using the screen. See, I keep doing that, and I never seem to get over that, but okay. I will get into what Jim was talking about in just a moment with electricity, or maybe I think I can squeeze that in here. Let's see. Uh, Jim, I was talking about electricity rates. He went to Germany, and he had an electric car in Germany. Uh, they, they got a Tesla when they were driving around on the Autobahn and so on. And I'm going to go ahead and expand your messages out, Jim, and read this. Because our electricity rates are all over the country have been going up, especially the more green estate, if you want to call it that. It's not really green. Has been trying to go the more expensive the electricity has gotten. I mean, really expensive. So let me see. First off, Jim says, bad boys, stay away from the top Pop-Tarts, like almost 80 grams of carbs in one bag. That's more than in whole meat taters. Yeah. Well, actually, to let you guys know, I have been uh, eating some, let's see, I got some fried rice over here and some chicken with vegetables. That's what I've been eating all morning long. Jim, I'm going to finish your note in just a minute. Judy and Casper, morning, Judy. I hear something out there. You still there, Judy? Oh, okay. I didn't know if you picked up or not. I didn't yeah, hear you're there. Usually I get the radio. Okay, um, here's uh, some stuff. This is called the Resource Management Committee Plan. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it's being it was held yesterday or October fourth. I'm sorry. And Noah Rapp, Rapp uh, who works for the governor, sat before the commission and gave this statement. Um, the Plan B is what the BLM choice was. There was a 1,300 page. Uh, so-called, I don't know, what do you call it, uh, when you presentation yeah. of what BLM wants to do down there in Rock Springs. Have you heard anything about this? A little bit, yeah. Okay, well, anyway, uh, this Nolan, uh rap sat down and he said, uh, the plan B is the one that they chose, the BLM, and it's going to take 2.18 mil million acres out of uh, close to fluid mineral development. 3.5 million close to um, coal development. We're going to 2.1 million close to Trona mining. 2.6 million combined uh, and exclusion, of course, for the bird blenders. 
of 2.4 million uh, and 2.4 million excluded for rights of way. Okay. Okay, Now, this all works out to where if you have ranches, farms, mining, natural gas, they're going to shut you down. I got to run to news time. I got to run to news time. We're about to get calling. I'll go ahead and look into this this weekend because I've seen a few stories of it, but not everything. So oh, it's, I can go it's ahead. Terrific, man. It's oh yeah, ter- yeah, really great for Wyoming. Coming up on local news update on your weather forecast, and you and I get back into it again. Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So many opinions, we had to build the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM Ten Thirty K Two Radio. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. I'm going to finish what Jim in Casper was saying just a few minutes ago because I thought this was good. If you, if you missed it, the opening of the program, I was talking about utility rates again. And utility rates here for the state of Wyoming. But it turns out in taking a look at utility rates around the country, the more a state gets into wind and solar and so on, the higher the utility rates go and by quite a bit. Which is why here in Wyoming, we're suddenly dealing with the prospect of having a rate increase of up to 30%. Well, they're putting up wind turbines all over the place. They're talking solar panels, things like, well, of course, that would raise our rates too. But that's happened in every single state that's decided to go more wind and solar. Their utility rates skyrocket. Of course they do. Same thing happened in Europe. I got more on Europe, by the way. I'll save that for later this morning. Speaking of Europe, so Jim went on vacation this summer. He went to Germany. He says, when I was in the Netherlands, Germany this summer, we had a Tesla. Their infrastructure isn't exactly great for charging cars. At one time, there was a 1% charge when we finally got to a station. This was in Germany. In the Netherlands... At the parking facility by the beach, the car was plugged in for three hours. The charge only increased 25% and cost 29 euros. So it would have taken eight to nine hours to charge to 89% at a cost of about 90 euros. My trip to Arizona last week, I drove 17 hours in an EV, added four to six. An EV would have added uh, four to six hours if you include the charge. So he gets in his car and he drives down to Arizona. It takes him 17 hours. If he had done it in an electric vehicle, you can add anywhere from four to six hours onto that trip because of the time it would have taken to charge all of that up. Okay. Now we've talked also before about performance. I'd earlier this week gone into, in fact, yesterday wrote a little snarky op-ed piece that had to do with Jackson Hole deciding, hey, we're going to go and get uh, zero-emission buses for Jackson Hole. Of course, you know there's nothing true about zero emissions. It doesn't actually exist. There's no such thing as a zero-emissions vehicle, especially if you're in a state like Wyoming where we make our electricity out of coal and natural gas. That's not a zero-emissions bus, so they bought into that lie. Now, the buses completely failed, but let's say, and the company that would have fixed it for them is out of business. But let's say for the fun of it that those electric buses in Jackson Hole were operational. They were perfectly fine and running fine. Here's the problem they would have faced. First off, they're trying to keep a fleet of buses going so they can get their tourists 
to where they need to be, especially when we get into the summer, or I'm sorry, summer's over, winter uh, ski season. We're going to get our tourists to where they need to be, and winter snow is just as busy for Jackson Hole as summer. Well, how are those buses going to charge in the wintertime? They're slow enough at charging in the summertime. So how are those buses going to charge in the wintertime? It tends to be a bit slower. And it's bad enough when you put a load on an electric vehicle. We've talked about this before. You have a pickup truck, an electric pickup truck, cruising down the highway. Now, let's put a load on it. Let's have it haul a trailer or put something in the bed. All of a sudden, its range greatly decreases, greatly decreases. Now, let's do that same thing and in the wintertime with the extra cold. So we're going to have an electric bus in Jackson Hole. Now we're going to add a bunch of passengers in it, which means its range is greatly compromised because of the weight of the passengers. And the passengers are also often carrying stuff with them luggage, ski equipment, stuff like that. So there goes that range. And then it's the cold of winter in Wyoming. Now what's their range doing? I don't think the people of Jackson ever really took a good look at where we are with current electric vehicle technology. Now maybe at some point there's people who are trying to make all sorts of advancements in electric vehicles. Maybe at some point somebody cracks it so we no longer have to worry about range issues and charging times. And there's people out there that claim to have some promising technologies. I haven't seen anything come out yet, but the experiments are going on. So we'll see where they go with that. But right now with the current technology, Jackson, you bought into a big lie. Not only did you buy eight buses, eight buses that were never going to be able to charge as fast as you need to keep those buses in rotation, but we'll never be able to handle the load, especially in the wintertime during the cold. And you actually thought that these buses were zero emissions. Well, they never were zero emissions. They're coal-powered buses, Jackson. Next time, seriously research before you buy it. Sister dear, Americans have probably grown taller, too. I think you're correct. Americans are taller we are, well, I am, sister dear, certainly taller than my parents. <clears throat> my sister's really short. And uh, I'm certainly taller, and so was your brother. I think Americans have grown taller, so airplane seats, we have a problem with stretching our legs out in them. But Americans have also grown way too wide, way too wide. And so, no, we don't fit in airplane seats like we should, and it's not a problem with the seats. 642. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Listen to Glenn Woods anywhere you roam with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 649 is the time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Frank Gambino. So Frank's on the road. I'm on the road. Having a good on time out there over in, where, where are you now, Rapid City? Or I was in Rapid. I was in Rapid City last night for a banquet okay. that I had to film, and then uh, this morning I'm in uh, Spearfish, mm-hmm. and it's cold. I bet. Well, it's cold. Yeah, define cold. 
Um, 35 degrees, maybe. Okay, that sounds pretty good. Okay. Frank had to put on a sweater or something like that. That's what cold would be. So, okay, that means Miss yeah. Mary would be yeah. you're completely just miserable in that right now. All right, not too <laughs> bad down here. I think it, where I'm at right now, it says 39 degrees. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll talk to Don that's Day cold. about that. Yeah, 745 is when I talk to Don Day about that. We say that's cold now, but then we get into actual winter time. We're going to think 39 degrees. Boy, long for the days. <laughs> it was 39 degrees again. All right, you're going to like this one, Frank. Um, there are some people who either are active and physically fit, and there are people who dream about being active and physically fit, right? All right. Correct, and I, I'm a dreamer. Okay. Well, you know, it's good to be a dreamer, Frank. Yeah, uh, yeah. Study. The more people <laughs> exercise, the lazier they get the rest of the day. Really? Somebody yeah. paid money for that study? Somebody did, yeah. So if you're someone who goes, you know, you're proud of yourself because I went and I hit the gym today, and boy, I really gave it a good workout. Cool. And then the rest of your day, you sit around and did absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, you're toast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. You kind of blew all of your energy. At least you got the workout in. Now, if you can get the workout in but continue moving throughout the rest of the day, you do even better better i think there's the problem frank you got your workout in worse yet oh i got my workout in now i can sit out on the couch and eat those cookies and ice cream while watching television the rest of the day and that's defeating the purpose go with sports all righty and the high school football statewide tonight and today and tomorrow and casper tonight the throne at five and two will host campbell county both teams are five five and one actually and both teams in that race for a home playoff game in 4a so there's a lot to play for us at 6 p.m started nc sheridan ranked number one in our 4a poll on wildpreps.com will host kelly walsh the bronx six and oh and kelly walsh comes in at two and four Cheyenne East at five and one will take on crosstown rival Cheyenne Central at Risky Field at six p.m. Central comes in at three and three. That's a six p.m. start. Laramie will be looking for their first win of the year. They will host three and three Thunder Basin at six. Winless Cheyenne South will be uh, at one win Rock Springs in four A play. In two A, Winless Glen Rock will be at home to meet a Torrington tonight at seven. One win Burns on the road at Tongue River. In six man football this afternoon, KC at four and two will host four and one Burlington. And tomorrow, Casper Casper Christian will take on Dubois at noon in the Toronto Battle of three and two teams. Midwest at three and one will be at Hewlett on Saturday. And keep track of all those high school scores on wildpreps.com. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys will host Fresno State tomorrow night in Laramie at 6 p.m. If the folks really want to make that next big step forward as a program, here is a major opportunity. UW is 4-1 overall with their only loss to nationally rated Texas, and they beat New Mexico in the Mountain West Conference Open last week. Fresno State is 5-0. They're ranked 24th in the country. The Bulldogs beat Nevada last week to start league play and then really have owned the Cowboys over the last few years. Does Wyoming have to be perfect tomorrow? No, but they have to be sharp right away and just don't give points away. Should be a really interesting game, and that's a 6 p.m. start tomorrow from Laramie. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB and Laramie. High School Volleyball tonight in 4A. Sheridan will be at Natrona. Kelly Wall, Sheridan and will play in Natrona. Kelly Walsh will host Jackson in high school cross country. Casper will have a meet this afternoon at the Paradise Valley Golf Course. The big meet is the, today is the Leroy Sprague Race in Cheyenne at the Prairie View Golf Course. 12 teams will be involved in that deal. Powell, Rock Springs, and Gillette also have cross-country meets today. Girls High School Swimming, Cheyenne East with a big meet tomorrow with nine teams. Buffalo, Rollins, and Lander will have meets tomorrow as well. 
in Major League Baseball. The divisional round of the playoffs will start tomorrow in that best-of-seven series. In the National League, Philadelphia will be at Atlanta, and Arizona will be at the Los Angeles Dodgers. In the American League, Baltimore will host Game 1 with Texas, and Minnesota will be at Houston, and that's it in sports. So when I get here today, normally if I have to broadcast from Cheyenne, uh, they put me up in Little America, right? and yep. I couldn't, and I stay, let's say, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I get some things done. So usually I'll leave Saturday, you know, as my last morning there, right? Couldn't get a room for that long, and it's not entirely because of, but mostly because of the game at UW. Oh, but they're I'm all sure booked Fresno up. State, Fresno State's probably yeah. staying there. Uh, Fresno's the there, but it's also there. just people who want to see the game. It turns out. I was asking the lady at the at the desk, "Why is everything full in town?" And there's several things going on, but one of the big reasons is that game. So you thought homecoming was big? This might just pack the place out too. I think that's good news. I want to see. I, think I would like is. to see a lot of people there and have a good time. I think it'll be a really, really cool deal tomorrow. Really, seriously. And the weather's just going to be gorgeous. All right, coming up on some local business, we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National, local, and update on your weather forecast. It's Wake Up Wyoming. And. Seven oh six is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Friday, and I am glad you made it. It is open phones all the way. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine. I'll just kind of roll with the whole thing. So, the governor had to play referee at a meeting the other day. This is from Cowboy State Daily. Tempers boiled over as Secretary of State Chuck Gray and Kurt Meyer, who's in the Wyoming, I believe, uh, Senate, I think. Uh, no, State Treasurer Kurt Meyer, pardon me. Uh, spar over anti-coal investing. That's what the headline says. So let's dig into this. Governor Mark Gordon had to intervene more than once during Thursday's State Loan and Investment Board meeting to break up Secretary of State Chuck Gray and the state treasurer, Kurt Meyer, as they took verbal shots at each other about what was called anti-coal investing. Story says, things got a little testy between the Secretary of State and the treasurer, Kurt Meyer, during the State Loan and Investment Board meeting. The argument flared up during a discussion about whether to hire KKR as state private credit investment manager. Now, although the board had already completed its discussion on the issue about 15 minutes earlier and unanimously voted to approve the agreement, Gray said a, a point Governor Mark Gordon made earlier in the meeting about the future of coal as a viable investment opportunity, that got a lot of attention, a lot of attention. Now, the idea, before we finish reading more into this, that coal is not viable in the future is nonsense. Uh, the Earth, human beings on planet Earth, are more, using more coal than ever before, not less. Now, we here in the United States have backed off on it. I mean, unwisely, as far as I'm concerned. But we here in the United States are using less of it. But worldwide, 
more coal is being used than ever before, not less. Same thing for petroleum as well. For all that you hear, we've got to stop using coal, gas, and oil. Human beings around the globe are using more. It's America and Europe that have cut back on it. The rest of the world are using more. And we should get in on that market. But okay, let's read on. It was Gordon's pitch for coal that helped Gray and Superintendent of Public Construction, Megan Delfinger, notice an important piece of information provided by KKR in the agreement with the state. Under the terms of the investment agreement, KKR states it does not intend to invest in any portfolio company engaging primarily in or in properties acquired solely for the mining of coal or the production or distribution of coal-based energy. Gray said he finds these terms outrageous. For the state of Wyoming to have a deal like that with anyone, Delfringer agreed saying that she finds it uh, suspect that the stipulation was included with other exclusions for investment in things like tobacco and so on and so on. Um, It's just a big red flag, she said. Gray then made the motion to consider the earlier vote on uh, to approve KKR. Quote, I've tried to be reasonable on this and consider these things rather than do a blanket no on these deals, but this language is too steep for me, Gray said. So then it escalates. Meyer opposed the reconsideration and said the discussion would not, would be non-debatable. The vote to reconsider the topic was defeated 3-2 to two with Meyer Gordon and State Auditor Christy Racinus voting against. Gray then asked three opposing members why they wouldn't reconsider the agreement. So he says, quote, you're not open to people even being able to have informed votes, he questioned. This is something that did not come up in my briefing. I find it very troubling. So he's saying he didn't know about this. It didn't come up in his briefing. And now that he does, he wasn't able to make an informed decision and others weren't as well because they didn't have this piece of information. So Governor Gordon stressed that having KKR reconsider its policy on coal investing would be more valuable than not doing business with the company at all. So the governor did a, a little convincing with Gray who said it was that if the board uh, can't have a good faith conversations with the treasurer's office about future investments, then it's a really troubling precedent. So that comment was much more, was too much for Meyer, who then complained to Gordon that it would be uh, the second time in the meeting that Gray has disparaged our office and its ability to provide information transparently. Quote, I want to make it clear to everyone briefing the Secretary of State is going to have to be done in a Zoom call and it will be recorded so we can put the issue to bed at last, he said. Gordon and Gray uh, told Gray that materials related to the meeting were provided to all board members. In other words, you did have this information, is what he's saying. All right, now... The topic of environmental and social corporate governance, ESG, as a lot of you know this, in investment has been a hot button, uh, particularly for Chuck Gray over the past few years. Now, I wonder, I don't know this, I wonder, 
when it comes to this investment company, which is to help Wyoming invest or not invest in certain things to help our portfolio, Wyoming does have a nice portfolio. We have a nice nest egg. When we hit hard times, boy, we're okay. We're not massively in debt like some other states. We have a rainy day fund. Most other states don't have something like this. So we're okay. So we need someone to help us with these investments. Is what they're looking for a company that's good at investments. Now, is the company not willing to invest in coal because they don't think it's a good investment right now? Or are they not willing to invest in coal because, you know, climate change issue and all of that? So the story says the ESG measure rate funds various markets of, well, for being progressively friendly, having policies related to protecting the environment and diversity and workplace and community relations and so on and so on. So in August, they voted to pass a new investment policy statement meant to push back. This is the State Loan and Investment Board to push back against the ESG investment. Gray's office has also sent for public comment for administrative rules that would require companies doing business with Wyoming to disclose whether they use ESG as part of their business decisions. So although there have been some market improvements in recent years, the long term for organic fuels like coal, gas, and oil, and particularly coal, is often looked at with rather a dim view by some investment managers. Patrick Fleming, now he's a chief investment officer for the state treasurer's office, explained that KKR's coal stipulation is not one of prohibiting coal, but rather of intent based on, well, the growth of the business, which is where I was wondering, does the company not want to invest in coal because they think it's a bad investment at this time, as opposed to they're trying to save the planet? Governor Gordon stood up for Wyoming's coal industries at a carbon capture effort recently, which I, I, I applaud the governor for when he stands up for Wyoming Coal. He and I have, and he's been on this program, to be fair to him, he asked to come on the program and talk about carbon sequestration. He and I have a major disagreement on carbon sequestration, but at least he does stand up for the coal industry at the same time. I just wish he would get us out of carbon sequestration. That's a whole nother story. We've talked about that before. So Meyer and Gray continued their spat on the board's next topic on the Treasury office recommendations the state loan and investment board support a constitutional amendment creating a ceiling for how much earnings can be spent on wyoming's permanent mineral trust fund gray said he's always had concerns about putting the cap on spending based on his past experience in working with the legislator there needs to be some flexibility so anyway those two went back and forth and back and forth on that so i i don't know all of the details i'm not going to pretend to know all of the details about whether gray's office or some of the other people did did actually see all of the information involving the company and whether why they do and don't invest in coal and so on saying he didn't see the information Myers saying we sent you the information we'll see about that i would like to know and have it clarified so you don't want to invest in coal because you think it's a bad investment or you don't want to invest in coal because you believe in the whole cult of climate change nonsense and you know again esg i'd like to know a little bit more about that i wouldn't I would prefer working with a company who would like to continue to invest Wyoming's money in coal, among other things, but whatever they think might be a good investment at the time. So, okay, that was the big spat yesterday with Governor Gordon acting as referee. 7-16 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming.
Keeping them honest, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 8897Woods. Seven twenty-two is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Glad you made it to a Friday. All right, triple eight ninety-seven Woods. The phone number. That's eight 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 ninety-seven W O O D S. Also, people talk to me throughout the program by using the Wake Up Wyoming app, and I'll go ahead and answer them back, like uh, Rick from Casper and I D John and Granite Canyon. They're just using the chat option on the Wake Up Wyoming app. The app is free, by the way, to download at your app store. So let's see, Rick and Casper. I'm concerned that Wyoming State Retirement Fund and uh, 457Bs are all invested in BlackRock, who made that decision. I don't know. I'd have to see what exactly they're invested in. I, I can't answer that. I don't know. I just did it again, Mary. I wanted to scroll up on my laptop, so I reached over and touched the screen. And I'm doing that because my tablet is next to me, which is touchscreen. I just, I'm usually pretty good at stuff like that, but this is one that constantly confuses me. Okay. Um, Change the subject here. A Bernie Sanders supporter showed up at the Wisconsin Capitol on Wednesday with a loaded pistol. Now, Hold on, that can't be true. Why only conservatives do that, right? Okay, you conservatives out there, that can't be a Bernie. Must be one of you guys. And it says here, it's a Bernie Sanders report. This supporter showed up to Wisconsin Capitol on Wednesday with a loaded pistol asking to speak with the governor. Of course, he gets arrested. And then with today's judicial system, he's able to post bail immediately and get out. So he returns with a bigger gun, an AK-47. Yeah, okay. Uh, (laughs) One of the first things we have to do is start working on when people are able to post bail and just get out. I, I, I see this so often with all sorts of different types of criminals. They get arrested, shoplifting, mugging someone, all sorts of things. And they're out on bail quickly. All right, here's the story. And this, I'm not... Putting this in my own words, I'm going to read this directly because I like the way this guy writes. Dude showed up to the Capitol shirtless with a loaded pistol on his hip. Now, again, you see, right away you're thinking, well, it has to be some redneck from Arkansas. No, Wisconsin. Bernie Sanders supporter. Dude showed up to the Capitol shirtless with a loaded pistol on his hip asking to speak with the governor and was taken to jail for illegally open carrying a firearm in the inside the public building. I would also ask the question, and how did he look without that shirt? Because some people, they take their shirt off, they should be arrested immediately. And I'm talking men in this case. Just, ugh. okay. Then, after posing bail, showed up later with an AK-style rifle. The man who was shirtless and holstered the handgun approached the governor's office, first floor Capitol building, 2 p.m. Wednesday, State Department administration. And, and you wonder, if you show up, at, look, if I were to go down the street here, because I'm in Cheyenne right now, forget the gun. If I were just to show up at the governor's office shirtless and ask to see the governor, I would hope they would not let me in. I mean, just because I'm standing there without a shirt on asking to see the governor. That should be a red flag to these guys. And I bet you if we got Governor Gordon on the phone right now, he would agree. Yep, not letting you in, Glenn. 
And I've gone down and, and said hi to the governor before, you know, and he was happy to. He, he'll, he'll see you, too. I don't care who you are. If you're a Wyoming citizen and the governor's available, providing he's in his office and not busy, he'll walk out and say hi. But if you show up shirtless, you know, shirts and shoes required. Let's just put it that way. Okay. The 43-year-old man said he would not leave until he saw the governor's so he could talk about domestic abuse towards men. He was taken into custody. In other words, they disagreed with him. He was leaving. The man was taken into custody for open carrying a firearm in the Capitol, which is against the law. Weapons can be brought uh, into the Capitol if they are concealed and the person has a valid permit to take them into the Capitol. The man was arrested, did not have a concealed carry permit either. The man was booked in the jail, but later posted, again, posted bail. Returns immediately, 9 p.m., three hours after the building being closed. Loaded, um, they say assault-style rifle. Uh, okay. And a um, police, a collapsible police baton in his backpack. He said again he demanded to see the governor. Now, again, he said, I'm not going to leave until I see the governor. Again, they disagreed with him. And they took him away. So, you see, you might say, I'm not leaving until I say, well, you know, if they disagree with you, I think I think you're going away. So, okay, he has donated on several. So who is this guy you'd want to know, right? Okay, so he has uh, donated on several occasions to Act Blue, a Democrat fundraising operation that takes pride in powering Democrat candidates like Bernie Sanders, committees, parties, organizations. So don't let it be fooled that, again, he shows up shirtless, carrying an assault-style weapon. Right away, people think, well, obviously this guy is from Arkansas, right? Now, here's something that happened on Twitter. That, again, I'm not calling it X. It doesn't work. A man was arrested after bringing the loaded handgun to the Wisconsin Capitol, demanded to see the governor return with an assault-style rifle. I can't imagine why the FBI would label MAGAs as domestic terrorists. So here, in other words, they're showing pictures of conservatives, Trump supporters, carrying guns like this at different rallies and right away liberals assume that he's got to be a trump supporter sorry liberals not now this author says i don't really care about his politics i'm just worried for him like if you show up at the capitol with a gun you need help i would add something to that if you show up at the capitol shirtless demanding to see the governor you need help he mentioned wanting to speak to the governor about domestic abuse toward men but i mean then again, look at the way you're dressing or not dressing for that matter. And what you're carrying, you might be the one with the problem, I'm thinking. Reminds me of the Bernie supporter who shot up the congressional baseball game. Remember that? There was a congressional baseball game. Somebody showed up and started to shoot up the congressional baseball game. And it turned out, once again, not to be a conservative. It was a Democrat which totally freaks out the Democrats every time this happened because that's not the narrative. It's not supposed to happen that way. All right, we're coming up on some local business we got to take care of. 729 is time. We hit 730. You're going to hear local news? Right after local news, update on your weather forecast. And you and I get back into it again. 745, Don Day will be on. Don Day and I will have a nice long talk about your weekend weather forecast and a little bit beyond. Let's wake up, Wyoming.
Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Make your voice heard at 888-97-WOODS. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven thirty-six. the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Okay, so I'm all for it. A lot of people misunderstand when I talk about uh, climate change, things like this. The old push for the sustainability, which is a buzzword today that's overused. But I actually do want to make sure we have clean air, clean water, and we do things in a way that's not wasteful. In fact, if you're to take a look at the lifestyle I lead, I'm probably one of the more... Now that's... That sentence isn't going to work out. I don't waste much. I was about to say one of the more wasteless persons you've ever... That doesn't even make any sense. I don't waste much. <clears throat> I'm, I'm actually... doesn't produce a lot of trash. It's just I like being efficient, really, and I don't like being a slob. And I really do care, having grown up in some pristine, beautiful areas, that the land, the air, the water isn't being trashed. Having said that, sometimes things are just overkill. So let's go, of course, Teton County, Wyoming. And they want to build a housing project because, as you know, they're having a problem keeping employees there. Prices are so outrageous, they can't find anyone to run their hotel. Well, very few people to run their hotels, the restaurants. God forbid you can't run a coffee shop in Teton County. Jackson Hole needs his coffee shops. How do you find baristas if they can't afford to be there? Oh, that uh, you you got to fix this problem. So, of course, they want to build affordable housing. See, in order to solve problems, you got to get the government involved, right? Which is usually the worst possible way to get something done. But, okay, here they go. And one of the reasons getting government to fix a problem, one of the many reasons is they do it by committee. If you want to make sure to get nothing done, get nothing done by committee. When Foster Freeze was still around, uh, Foster Freeze gave me a call one time and said, hey, we're uh, up the road over here meeting at a restaurant, and I think you might want to sit in on this meeting and watch. Uh, this could be interesting to you as a talk host, so why don't you come on down, I'll buy you lunch, and you can just sit in on the meeting. Oh, fine, Foster, let's go. <clears throat> so after the meeting, Foster and I are talking, and his secretary walks over and hands him the phone and tells him so, so-and-so is on the phone about this. Foster takes the cell phone and listens, uh-huh, uh-huh, yep, uh-huh, do this, and hands the phone back. Now, somebody else standing there with us said, uh, so you don't really do meetings, do you, Foster? No, he said. I hate meetings. You don't get things done with meetings. You need a decision maker. You don't get things done by committee, he said. You, you need a decision maker. Somebody needs to be in charge. Someone who also understands that if, you, if they made a mistake, that they can just go back and fix that mistake rather than trying to cover up for it or going down the same route. Okay, great advice from a billionaire. Worth listening to because that's part of what made him a billionaire. All right, so here's the story. Got to be careful because it's from Wyoming Public Media. So you know there's going to be a bias there, right? Teton County and Jackson leaders are moving forward, another buzzword of today, buzz, buzz phrase in this case, with plans to build about 150 affordable housing units near downtown in what's currently an RV park. There's a lot of riding on those plans. One of the biggest affordable housing developments in the county, at some community members want to make sure the development is, here, here's that buzzword, is sustainable. All right. 
Again, I'm not a slob. That's where I started this. I'm not a slob. I don't want to trash anything. But, you know, just make sure you build something that's good, a good, affordable house. Now, this is not going to be affordable because right away, well, we have to make sure it's sustainable. Here comes the committee. One from the Jackson Hole Climate Action Collective. Okay, here we go. Don't let them get involved. Just build some good housing units. Build them efficiently. Quote, there's a lot important opportunity in our community to establish its leadership in achieving climate and sense, uh, sustainability goals. Here, This is the committee. Right away, we have to have our climate and sustainability. They said, during a meeting, urging leaders to be more aggressive with incentivizing eco-friendly buildings. They continued, a project like this is going to be a, a place for decades, and we need to prepare and plan for the future. The meeting marked the third official decision about the project among elected officials since the town and county bought the RV park for $28 million this summer. Until now, the conversations have been centered around such items as parking, potential commercial space for development. Now, here once again, now they have to have their first of many meetings, going to be many meetings, about sustainability. See what if they really want to get now if they really want to get this done it'll be done a lot faster and a lot more affordably if they just get a developer in there and explain to the developer we want something attractive that'll be around for a long time and it can't cost too much cuz this is going to be affordable housing so we got to keep the costs low okay but something affordable cost effective not wasteful you understand so this is just the beginning of the story because it drags on and on and on. This is what happens when you get activists involved in what could be a good project. They're going to ruin it. And when you try to get something done by committee, this is going to go for I don't know how many years before they even finally start building on this because they're going down this road. 742. It's Wake Up the antidote to boring morning radio. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 7.45 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Now, Don, you're just going to love this one. Uh, this morning, it started with Frank Gambino, some other people as well. Notice that temperatures across the region, on average, are about in the 30s. And the first comment I hear is, it's cold. Well, it's not going to be too far from now that you're going to be begging for 30 degrees as warm weather. Yes. The first little shock of cold always gets to people, and it's it's like, oh man, this is a little uncomfortable. And but that yeah. is the national pastime is complaining about the weather. Sure, yeah. So and uh, and yet still, you became a weatherman. I know, it's crazy. Okay, <laughs> you know they blame you. I'm just pointing that out. Comes with the territory. Okay, so let's take a look at this weekend. A little bit on the cloudy side where I am this morning. I'm with you here in Cheyenne, Wyoming, but uh, is that going to stick around for the day? Just this morning, we do have some low clouds, and these are upslope clouds. Air getting forced uphill with this cold front, producing these low strands clouds across the region, mainly on the east side of the state. But as the day progresses, they'll thin out. That's going to lead to a clear night, and that's why we've got these frost freeze warnings. Enough cloud cover last night 
to really keep anybody from getting too terribly cold, although Gillette was in the upper 20s this morning. Many areas tonight will be upper 20s and lower 30s. But as those skies clear and high pressure builds in, as we've been advertising for the last several days, Glenn, uh, we just have an unbeatable weekend coming on up. Okay, this is just going to be glorious. Get out and enjoy it, and I would say this is a good time to see those fall colors before they go away because I mean, they're, they're about on their peak right about now. All right, now we get into next week. When I was watching your podcast this morning, I noticed that nothing of massive concern, but you are watching a few things, a couple of low-pressure systems. Yeah, we need to keep an eye on uh, starting as early as Tuesday night, but especially Wednesday and Thursday, and this is especially true for hunters out there. Now that we're in October, a lot of hunting seasons, a lot of folks are headed to the hills and setting up camping spots. They Many have already done that. I, I do see a system coming off the Pacific that uh, could be a mountain snow producer towards the middle of next week. Not to say that there might not be some rain and even some snow on the plains as well. Uh, too early to tell if it's going to be a, a real big weather system or not, but it will certainly change things up. After four to five days of this dry, sunny, beautiful weather, it'll be kind of another jolt to the system. Uh, with that system rolling on through. So we have through Tuesday, folks headed to the high country next week for hunting. Uh, keep an eye on that middle part of the week. All right. Have a great weekend, Don. You too. Off we go now to talk to Frank Gambino about sports. Now, uh, much like Frank, I have to drive around the state from location to from location from time to time. I like noticing things when I go into some of my favorite places that are traditional Wyoming. Frank, I like stopping by Chugwater, as you know, and having lunch or maybe a malt at Wyoming's oldest soda fountain, right? What was that outrageous picture you had from there riding a pony outside of a store or something like that? Yeah, uh, that was at the Tri-County Mercantile across the street from the soda fountain. And somebody put a pony that you would put a kid on. You know, one of yeah. the old ones is spring-operated riding. Of course, I couldn't put my full weight on it. I would have broken it. It was meant for little kids. But I sent that picture to Miss Mary and then decided to post it on my social media. That was at the Mercantile across the street. So here I am having a burger at the Chugwater Soda Fountain, and I hear a phone ring, the old-fashioned bell. And mm-hmm. my brain doesn't connect it immediately because I'm thinking, well, a lot of people have that on you know, their cell phones. I hear it ring a second time, and I'm thinking... No, that's the real deal. And I look up and realize Jill, the owner of the soda fountain, she needed to install a phone so she could take orders because some people call ahead, right? She put an old rotary phone on the wall. (laughs) Yeah. Excellent. (laughs) And it has a long cord so someone from the kitchen can reach around the corner and grab it. She put it out where everybody can see it. The cord is so long, they can walk way over to the register. Now, I remember when I was a kid, you probably did this too, Frank. When my parents finally got a long cord on the phone for our kitchen, I marveled at my freedom about being able to walk around the entire kitchen while I was talking on the phone, which is nothing like the freedoms we have today. You can actually dial the thing, this rotary phone, and they, so they can call out and they can call in. And while I was eating my burger, I was watching customers walk over and have their picture taken with this old antique. <laughs> you know, the problem with the long cords is they always get tangled up at the end. Yes. Yeah. You then know, you be, spend, there'd be yeah. like a little Y between one to the phone, one to the receiver, and then all of it, yeah. all of it was all just... They mashed together in it, and you could, and if it stayed that way, it kind of like got really hard and just you couldn't you couldn't separate it. 
I want to know, it's one thing to find one of these old phones that's still operational, but remember, you have to call someone from the phone company to install it. They, I guess they still do that because she just had this put up within the past week. Okay, go with sports. All right, high school football today, tonight, and tomorrow. And Casper tonight, and Natron at 5-1 and one will host 5-1 and one Campbell County. Both teams in the race for a home game in the 4A playoffs. There's a lot to play for at the 6 p.m. start at NC. Sheridan ranked number one in 4A in our Wyo Preps poll will host Kelly Walsh tonight. The Bronx 6-0, and Kelly Walsh 2-4. and Cheyenne East at 5-1 will take on crosstown rival Cheyenne Central in the Capitol Bowl at Risky Field at 6 p.m. Central comes in at 3-3, three and three and that's a 6 p.m. start over there. Laramie will be looking for their first one of the year. They will host Three and three Thunder Basin at six. Winless Cheyenne South will be at one win Rock Springs tonight. In two A, Winless Glen Rock will be at home to take on three and three Torrington at seven p.m. And one win Burns will be on the road to meet a very good Tongue River team in six man football at this afternoon. KC at four and two will host four and one Burlington tomorrow. Casper Christian will host Du Bois at noon at the Trona Battle of three and two teams. And Midwest at three and one will take on Hewlett on Saturday. Keep track of all the football scores on wildpreps.com. College football: the Wyoming Cowboys. Will host Fresno State tomorrow night in Laramie at 6 p.m. The Pokes really want to make a big step forward at this season and really as a program in general. This is a major, major opportunity. UW 4-1 overall with their only loss to Nashville rated Texas. They beat, them, they beat New Mexico in their Mountain West opener last week. Fresno State, they won 14 in a row. They're 5-0. and They're rated 24th in the country. They beat Nevada last week to start league play in. Fresno really has owned the Cowboys over the last few years. Now, does Wyoming have to be perfect tomorrow? No, but they really have to be sharp right from the get-go and just don't give points away. Should be an interesting game. That's a 6 p.m. start tomorrow from Laramie. We'll have that for you on KG Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. High school volleyball tonight. Sheridan will take on the throne and Kelly Walsh will host Jackson. High school cross-country. Casper with a meet this afternoon at the Paradise Valley Golf Course. A big meet in Cheyenne. The Leroy Sprague race at the Prairie View Golf Course today. 10-12 teams will be involved in that deal. Powell, Rock Springs, and Gillette will also have cross-country meets today. In girls' high school swimming, Cheyennes with a big meet tomorrow with nine teams. Buffalo, Rollins, and Lander with a girls' swim meet tomorrow as well. And that's important. For those people involved in outdoor sports, and you mentioned a whole lot right there, wow, this is just going to be a great weekend. I, I hope so. As long as it's pleasant weather-wise, you know, I mean, where it's not cold, cold, cold. But you know what? We're getting in the fall. Everyone wears sweaters to football games. It's nothing mm-hmm. unusual. Everything will be fine. We'll yeah. move on. Hang in there. Don't complain. Well, like I was saying to Don Day, well, even you did it this morning. You stepped out and went, oh, it's cold out here. Yeah. yeah it and it, in, a, in a few weeks, you're going to be begging for 35 degrees, and you're going to think it's warm. It'll be 20 will, degrees. I, You'll be standing outside with your T-shirt on. Well, it'll be 20 degrees, and I'll still be standing outside for football. <laughs> yeah, true. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on your weather forecast. And you and I get back into it again. 8 o'clock hour. Open phones. Triple eight ninety seven woods Let's wake up, Wyoming.
till six of time. It's Wake Up My Own Mean. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, it is open phone. So triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. I was gonna go and change the subject, but I'm actually gonna go back because I during that news and information break, it kind of got me thinking. But now again, if you want to change the subject, that's fine. Interrupt me if you have to. Triple eight ninety seven Woods or drop me a note off of the Wake Up Wyoming app by using the chat option. And I'll go ahead and change the subject with you and answer that. So I had gotten into a story last hour that had to do with Teton County and Jackson Hole. And they want to solve a problem that they have where prices are so high there, it's difficult to be able to keep anybody that wants to work for, well, they can't they can't make a decent living at jobs where they should be able to make a living. It's just unaffordable to live there. And so even places like their coffee shops, you cannot have a Teton County or Jackson Hole without coffee shops. It's not possible. Restaurants, all sorts of other different retail establishments and, and many other kinds of businesses. And even police and fire department, people just can't afford to live there on those kinds of salaries, wages. So What's Teton County to do? Right away, they make the mistake of turning to government. We're going to build affordable housing so these people have a place to stay. Let the market figure this out is the best way to go. Because government always makes a mess of these things, which is why I'm opposed to turning to government because of the mess they make of it. And here's one of the main reasons why. They like to make decisions by committee. And the more committees, the better. Now, some years ago, this is a book worth reading. You can look it up online. Look for the book by Rand Paul called Government Bullies. Now, in one of the stories, he talks about a lot of times government just stepped in and completely screwed things up. In one case, there was a small town that had a beautiful downtown area. During a storm, a big tree fell over and got into the river that ran through the middle of downtown and got clogged up on a bridge. And so now downtown is starting to flood out. So the mayor, and I think it was the mayor with the police chief, something like that, they decided, well, they can get a hold of a couple of tractors and some chains and they're going to pull the tree out of there. That would solve that problem. Oh, no. No, no, you can't do that. Gee, because that river is classified as, and there's some bureaucratic classification therefore you have to fill out the following paperwork and these studies need to be done and the mistake that the the mayor and the police chief make is in listening to these bureaucrats and doing what they say it took them a while to go through all of the meetings and paperwork and so on and the downtown area is flooding now so they finally got permission they got a piece of paper saying it was okay to do what they were going to do in the first place. Pull up with a couple of tractors, wrap some chains around a tree, and pull it out. Another story that Rand Paul tells in his book is there is a bridge that is a suspension bridge, and on the other side, it comes in from the Atlantic Ocean, and in this bay area is a big harbor, which provides a lot of businesses to the, a lot of business to the area. So the harbor is in trouble because ships are getting bigger and the bridge is too low. So what are they going to do? Well, right away, they start having committee meetings. 
And the more committees, the more people they bring in the committee meetings, the longer it drags on. In the meantime, they're about to hit some major problems economically because as ships get bigger, they can't fit into the harbor and fewer and fewer ships are showing up into the harbor to do business. They need to keep the harbor open. It's it's one of the main arteries for, you want to talk sustainability, economic sustainability. So what do they do about the bridge? Well, they're thinking about tearing down the old suspension bridge and building a whole new suspension bridge. In order to do that, they have to get consultants from environmentalists too, including they have to, by law, get in some tribal members to talk about the historic significance of the area and get consulting from tribal members because, you know, Native Americans living in the area. Well, it turns out there weren't really any uh, American Indian tribes that ever lived in the area. And so they had to reach out west to find some tribe to show up and testify in front of the committee. That actually happened to sit and testify in front of the committee, even though they were not even from the area. This goes on and on and on. Finally, they come across a plan to demolish the whole bridge and build a whole new bridge. Meantime, somebody smart enough thought, well, the guy who was the original architect for the bridge is still alive. What if we call him and just ask him what to do? And the architect of the bridge, now a much older man, retired, said, oh, that's easy. That's why I built the bridge that way. It's a suspension bridge. Raise the road in the middle of the bridge. If the road is suspended by cables, you can shorten the cables and raise the road, thereby letting the bigger ships underneath. And that's a lot less expensive than having to tear the whole thing down and build a whole new bridge. Now, that could have been decided in a day. Instead, it took over a decade of all of these meetings to never get anything done before they finally came across that answer. Go back to Teton County real quick. Teton County, all they want to do is throw up some affordable housing, again, which I think is better handled in the marketplace, but they want to throw up some affordable housing. That's all they want to do. But in order to throw up the affordable housing, they have to bring in all sorts of different consultants, including an environmental group in the area who right away has to sit down with the board and discuss sustainability issues and climate change and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they're discussing, well, maybe if we build these buildings here, we can put some stores in. And what about the parking lot? And on and on it goes. Here's what they should do. They want to house about 150 units, okay, about 150 apartments, I think is what they said in the article. Here's all they really need to do. Go ahead and hire a good architect, someone who's from the area, who knows the Jackson Hole Village area, who knows what the architecture is like, who has an appreciation for building something that fits, that fits the beauty of the area, because it is... As much as we make fun of Teton County and Jackson Hole, there's a reason so many people go there. It's just stunningly beautiful. So hire a local architect. Don't overpay him. Make it a reasonable price, right? Show him the property and say, we want to put in about 150 units. We would like these apartments to be able to last for a good long time, and they need to be affordable. We don't want to waste our resources here. We want to make sure that we're doing this in a way that makes good economic sense for us. 
Now, of course, this guy is not going to want to trash the area. Of course, he's not going to get... He, it, it's not going to be wasteful. He's He lives in the area. He's going to, as an architect, I would hope, design something that truly does fit the architecture of the area. And give him a budget, too. We only have this much money to spend. We need 150 units. What do you got? And let the architect come up with some ideas. I would even suggest oh, it's a couple of ideas, two, three ideas. Now, here's the only time you have a committee meeting. Sit down with the proposals from this architect and go through them and say, so which proposal does everybody like best? Hands go up. Okay, we have a majority agreement. We're going to do this and go find somebody who can come in and build it and get it done. And decisions like that can be made in a very short period of time, and the entire project could be built on or under budget in a very short period of time. But the mistake that Jackson Hole is making, because remember, these are the people that bought those electric buses thinking that they were zero emissions, not understanding that they were coal-powered buses. And now the buses have broken down, and the company that was building the buses are bankrupt, of course, because they were taking money from the Biden administration. That's typical what happens, if you remember Solyndra. This, these are the people who are making these decisions in Jackson Hole. They're doing everything by committee. That's why in order to build this, these units, these 150 or so units, they have to bring in every possible consulting group, including local environmentalists, to discuss every little detail that doesn't matter to getting this done. So by the time Teton Village, well, Jackson Hole, starts actually constructing this thing, it's going to be, well, way later than it should be to even start construction. And it's going to be over budget and way too thought out. That's why I agree with what uh, Foster Freeze told me way back when he and I were having a discussion in, over lunch in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Just find someone who can make a decision and get it done. 8.17 is the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. Everything you need will stop your Coffee, sarcasm, weirdness. Wake Up, Wyoming. The time it's wake up my own. So I went off on a little bit of a tangent there, and I know you're thinking, no, Glenn, not you. Tangent, yeah. So Chet and Yoder says, Yep, Jackson Hole will blank up Jackson Hole. Yeah, they will. Uh, I am right in Evansville. Teton County building regulations stifle affordable housing construction. The market can't correct this with the regulations in place. Millionaires don't want affordable housing anywhere near them. Yeah, basically NIMBY, not in my backyard. Also, I see onward to the stars in Douglas. Rand Paul's dad, Ron, has some great books too. Oh, they both have some great books. Yeah, but in that particular case, the one called Government Bullies. It'll really get you hopping mad at the kinds of things that government does to take something that should be a simple project and just get it done. Just go ahead and get it done. But no, we've got to drag everything through one committee meeting after the next. It takes forever to resolve just the simplest little thing. This is why, again, don't get work like this done by committee. Just make a decision. Just get it done. In fact, I'm going to give one more. I'm going to give more of a Wyoming answer to this. When I first moved to Wyoming, I was up in the Gillette area. 
And when I first got up there, I was really surprised. They have in Gillette a graveyard up there. Kind of sits up on a high hill section. Right? What got me was they built an old folks home, several stories tall, right next to the graveyard. So I, I assume so the people who are in the old folks home can look out the window, their bedroom windows, and look at where they will soon be. The graveyard right next to the old folks home. And really, why put it there? That's just depressing. But anyway, so they have a graveyard there. And for the cemetery, they have a cemetery board. Now, the cemetery board was involved in constant nonstop feuds. And it got so bad that whenever the cemetery board had a meeting, they had a couple of local police officers on hand just in case it came to blows because these people got hopping mad at each other and they were just cemetery board members. Any little decision, little decision, involved endless debate and discussion that went on for months and months on end, people getting mad over something nobody should be getting mad over, just to make simple little decisions. Now, I asked somebody one day, I just moved to Wyoming at the time, and I'd ask, why are we doing this? Why not just hire a cemetery board manager? And somebody explained to me, well, according to the law here in Wyoming, this is taxpayer money running the cemetery. So we have to have a, a board, an elected committee, because it's taxpayer money. Oh, <clears throat> well, change the law then. This isn't working out. What I would do instead is you hire a manager to take care of the cemetery, because here's all that's really needed. You need someone who's going to plant the bodies and cut the grass. And that's about it. You don't need to have endless meetings about nonsensical things and people yelling and screaming and getting into fights with each other, which was what was going on, to the point that the police have to show up. Just hire someone to manage the cemetery, and every so often he can show up to a county commission meeting and explain to the county what's going on and if he has any needs, like they needed to dig a new water well, hey, I'm going to need some money to dig a new well. And the county can approve it. And as manager, he can just go find where to dig the well and just have it done. See, it's that simple. This goes back to just have one person in charge. Just put a person in charge and let them do what they do. That's all you have to do. Because the moment you get a committee involved, you end up with a situation like they have there in, in Gillette at the time where an elected committee, who even wants to be on the cemetery board, really, honestly, but these were all elected members of a cemetery board. It was something I'd never seen something like this before on a ballot anywhere I had lived anyway. Who would you like to vote for cemetery board? These people actually have to run for election? How do you do that? What's your campaign slogan? Oh, let your imagination, if you would, over the weekend, just to amuse yourself, every so often you'll get a little smirk on your face and people will ask you what's funny, don't tell them, unless you want them in on the joke with you. I want you to imagine you're running for a cemetery board and you're going to campaign for the position of cemetery board, okay, because you want this elected position. What is your campaign slogan? What are you running based on? If you're going to sum this up in a bumper sticker, what would you put on the bumper sticker to tell everybody that they should vote for you for cemetery board? You have to have some really cool slogan in order to get people to vote for you for cemetery board. 
Yeah, just think about that over the weekend. Maybe I'll, if I remember, I'll bring it back up on Monday so we can figure out how you would run some campaign. But anyway, there's their elected board. And it was primarily made up of people who were retired, had nothing better to do with their lives. And remember, I've said many times over with this, I even said this in my book, The Uncomplicated Life. If you choose to retire, make sure you still have a purpose. When you get up in the morning, you still have to have a purpose in life. If you don't, you're done. You won't last long. I've seen it happen way too many times. Well, most of the people on the cemetery board were retired. They had nothing better to do. So they joined the cemetery board. They got elected to it. Now still bored, nothing to do with their lives, pointless lives at this point. They end up fighting with each other just for something to do. There was one time they got into a squabble. They needed, to, there were more graves coming in. They were going to put it into this one section, these new graves, one section of the graveyard, and there were some rocks in the way. I don't know what the, how the rocks got there. It was some big rocks. And so the rocks just needed to be moved so they can open up those grave sites for the people coming in. That, that lasted... I think over a month worth of heated debates over whose rocks there were and if they were even allow, allowed to move them. Just move the rocks. Scotty in Fort Danger, vote for me. I can dig it. Okay. Not a bad cemetery. If he's running for cemetery board, what does your bumper sticker say? Vote for me. I can dig it. What's your slogan? Do you go campaigning? Do you have a cemetery board debates? Oh, I'd like to attend one of those. Oh, yeah. I Start your political career somewhere. Work your way up. Maybe someday you'll be president. Coming up on 830, local news coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast. And you and I get back into it again with a nice long segment of open phones. 888-97 was the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Blow off some steam before you face the day at 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 K2 Radio. 8.36 the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, we're getting some reaction here. I'm going to be thinking about this all weekend long, really, to come up with a good slogan. Here's the question. In Wyoming, if the cemetery is run by the county, for example, that's taxpayer money. And so by law, taxpayer money has to be overseen by an elected board. So your local cemetery <clears throat> probably has an elected board. Who runs for an office like this? First off, imagine who wants that job. Then in order to be elected to the board, you have to run a campaign. So just think for a bit, what is your campaign like? What, what are you running on, essentially? What does your bumper sticker say? Because you're going to have to run a campaign with a cool slogan. That means it's got to be something that will look good on a bumper sticker so people know to vote for you. Joel and Jim says, 
Great funeral home motto would be, I'll cut your grass over your dead body. That, that's not bad. I, then there's this one, True Dog and Cheyenne. I'm reminded of the old joke. You've reached Evan's funeral home. You stab him, we slab him. Yeah. Now, on a different topic, Vitavu John said, Glenn, there's an old joke that the camel is the result of a committee formed to design a horse. Much like government progress. Yeah, that is. Okay, so if you've got a good idea, you're just think about it. If not today, then this weekend. If you're running for office, you want the job on the funeral board in your town, which is an elected position. So what is your campaign slogan? Get back with me on that. 888 woods the phone number, or send me a text on the Wake Up Wyoming app, and I'll read that one on the air. Okay, now off to something different here. There's an idea of building a gold mine or digging a gold mine near Yellowstone National Park. When I first read the headline, I thought, uh, really? Okay, concerning. But then I read a little bit more, so I got some questions for you guys about this. The headline is activists buy out gold mine claim in Yellowstone National Park. Activists, right away, makes me think, okay, a bunch of environmentalists show up. Not necessarily. The story says when this mining group made moves in 2021 to establish a gold mine on lands directly upslope from Yellowstone River and in plain view of Yellowstone National Park, the team who successfully stopped the miner in the Garner Basin and Paradise Valley went to work. So Scott Christensen, executive director of Greater Yellowstone Coalition, announced this week he has raised $6.25 million dollars needed to buy out the mining group's claim. Quote, people care about the park and the lands that surround it, its wildlife, its water resources. Just a really great reminder of how important Yellowstone is to so many people around the world and, of course, here locally as well. And then it goes on to talk about the mine. So my thought was this as I read that. There are, we know some natural resources in places like Yellowstone itself. And much like you, I wouldn't want to go to Yellowstone and see uh, not just a bunch of oil wells. I wouldn't want to see a bunch of wind turbines or solar panels. I want to see pristine Yellowstone. Having said that, though, there's some really good natural resources in the area. And there's part of me that thinks I wouldn't at all mind anyone. In fact, I would support anyone who wants to go in and do some mineral extraction from the area of some natural resources. Go ahead. Rare earth minerals are in there. There's so many things available in not just Yellowstone, but other parks like that around the country. But we don't want people to go in there because, well, we want it to remain pristine. So I thought about that a bit. Well, what do you do about that? When you get, when you find something that's really important, but I think it depends on where it is, first off. Right now, in America, in the lower 48, for example, but also in Alaska, we have plenty of work going on now. I hear people on occasion think that we're really low on natural resources. Well, oil is going to run out any time now. Actually, no, it's not. We have, when it comes to coal, gas, and oil, we're good for a few hundred years here of what we know of. 
I wouldn't go into places like Yellowstone or other places like that for a good long time. And I wouldn't go in until we've developed technology where we can go ahead and extract these natural resources without really ever being seen doing it. And there's ways to do that, but especially when we get better technology going, there's ways to do that. So somebody finds gold in the Yellowstone area. Cool. By the way, I've never understood. I Look, I know that gold, if you find gold and let's say you put it away for you know a million years and come back and pick it up again it's going to look the same that's one of the most amazing things about gold is it just stays exactly the way it is it doesn't rust away or anything like that but other than using it as an electrical conductor there's not much you can do with it oh it looks pretty you can make jewelry out of it but there's not a whole lot you can do with gold other than we perceive it to be extraordinarily valuable. Well, there's other things that are out there, uh, minerals and metals and so on, that actually do have a value because we can do things with them. You can't do a whole lot with gold. It's a great insulator. Well, I know they use that on uh, some space projects and so on because it's a great insulator and a great conductor, probably the best conductor that's out there of electricity and so but other than that what do you actually do with it still somebody found gold or let's imagine some other natural resource in some place like yellowstone oil rare earth minerals i look at it and think don't go after it now because we got so much of this stuff in other places that we don't care as much about you know the ugly places but let's go ahead and extract those resources where we can and not even think about going to the real pretty places until we get to the point where we're going to... And that will be long after you and I are dead, by the way. And hopefully by then, they've developed the technology to go in and extract this stuff without even being... Without even it being seen on the landscape, I would hope. Uh, Redbeard is in Guernsey. You can count me in on the last person that will let you down. Vote, <laughs> vote for me, Redbeard. Okay, Redbeard wants to run... For cemetery board. You can count on me. I'm the last person that will let you down. Vote for me, Redbeard. Rick and Cheyenne, not a dead-end job. Helping zombies vote. Yeah, Well, that's not bad. Um, if you want to start a campaign where you're letting... I tell you what, here's an idea. Just because you're dead doesn't mean I'll let you vote Democrat. How about that? Because... Most dead people end up voting Democrat because, you know, brain-dead zombies. So, okay, I won't let you vote Democrat. That's a, it's a great uh, – vote for me for cemetery board. I won't let you vote Democrat. That's my bumper sticker. You think of one. Get back with me on that. It's either Triple Eight Ninety Seven woods or go ahead and – like these people did, Redbeard and Guernsey and Rick and Cheyenne – Send me a text on the Wake Up Wyoming app, and I'll go ahead and, and read that sucker on the air for everybody else to hear. Here, here's the goal. This is your just think about this today and through the weekend. You're running for a cemetery board, which is actually an elected position in Wyoming. What is your bumper sticker read? Your campaign slogan. I want to know how you're... I'm going to ask Frank Gambino this in the next segment of the program, see what he has to say. If anyone's got an answer, it's got to be Frank. 845. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Demented, opinionated, but never boring. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-WOODS.
Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. 848 is the time. Frank Gambino is on the line with me. Now, uh, Frank, I come up with topics like this from time to time. I'm going to let you in on it because I think we all need something to think about over the weekend that will cause us to sort of smirk and chuckle to ourselves. And people ask, what, what, what are you thinking about? But it's just in your head. Don't tell them. Okay, Frank? All right. I, but, but they are going to figure it out eventually. I don't think they're going to figure this one out. <clears throat> okay, so I got to get you in on because everybody's been kind of wondering what Frank will answer for this. You probably come up with a good slogan. Here's what you work on this weekend. Get back with me on Monday. So you have to run in, in Wyoming. They have, uh, of course, county-operated uh, cemeteries, right? And because mm-hmm. it's taxpayer money, the law says that there has to be a board in order to oversee it, an elected board. So if you're going to run for the funeral board, the cemetery board in your county, what is your slogan? Oh, uh, I have to think about that one. Dead or alive or something. Yeah, see, now, (laughs) this is, yeah, dead or alive, vote for me. You know, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, I'll make sure you don't vote Democrat. That's another one I came up with. I mean, there's all sorts of things we can come up with as funeral home or or as uh, cemetery board slogans. So just kind of think, I'm in with you for the long haul. Uh Huh? Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, well, see, now, uh, you let's see, never, oh, I like, this is actually from a funeral home. A funeral home is slogan, you only need one call. That's just creepy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it was, we got a few from some people that are out there across the fruited plains here. It was, it was uh, Rick, not a dead-end job, helping with zombies. Uh, people are, Iety John, people are dying to elect me. Oh, okay, Very here's true, one. Yes. Till death do us part. Yeah, that's a good one. Till death do us part. Yeah, okay. I'll ma- so I'll we're getting some good ones here. There you go. Yeah. Vote for me. <laughs> uh, keeping your permanent home spruced up, says Chet and Yoder. See? Okay. These are all good <laughs> slogans. Think about it. I'll ask you again on Monday. Let's go with sports. All right, high school football today, tonight, tomorrow, and Casper this evening. The Toronto five and one will host uh, Campbell County. They're also five and one. Both teams in the race for a home game in the four A playoffs. So there's a lot to play for here. And as a six p.m. start from NC Sheridan, rated number one, our four A Wildcats bowl will host Kelly Walls, the Bronx six and zero. And Kelly Walls comes in at two and four. Cheyenne East at five and one in the Capital Bowl to take on Crosstown rival Cheyenne Central at Risky Field at six. Central is three and three. And that is a 6 p.m. start. Laramie will be looking for their first win of the year. They'll host 3-3 three and three Thunder Basin, also at 6. Winless Cheyenne South will be uh, at 1 Winrock Springs tonight. And 2A Winless Glenrock will be over in Torrington at 7 p.m. 1 Win Burns will be in, uh, in Tongue River and Dayton to meet Tongue River. And that's a pretty good football team up there. And 6-man football this afternoon, KC at 4-2 will host 4-1 and one Burlington. Tomorrow, Casper Christian will host Dubois at noon and, and uh at Natrona in a battle of three and two teams, and Midwest at one and three will be at Hewlett on Saturday. And keep track of all the scores on wildpreps.com. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys with an enormous game tomorrow at 6 p.m. in Laramie taking on Fresno State. Here's a major opportunity to take a huge step forward in terms of credibility in the Mountain West and nationally for that matter. 
UW 4-1 and one overall. They're only lost to Nasty Ray at Texas, and they beat New Mexico in the Mountain West Conference opener last week. Fresno's 5-0. and They get 24th in the country. They've won 14 games in a row. They beat Nevada last week to start league play. They've owned the Cowboys lately, and they're six-point favorites in the game. Does Wyoming need to be perfect tomorrow? No, but you really got to be sharp and just can't give points away or anything. I mean, just be sound. Just be sound. Should be an interesting game. That's a 6 p.m. start tomorrow from Laramie, and they have a, we'll have it for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. Girls High School Swimming with Cheyenne East with a big meet tomorrow with nine teams. Buffalo, Rollins, and Lander will have meets tomorrow as well. And in high school volleyball type, Sheridan will take on the Toronto. Kelly Walsh will meet Jackson. In high school cross country, Casper will meet this afternoon at the Paradise Valley Golf Course. The big meet will be the Leroy Sprague Race and Cheyenne at the Prairie View Golf Course. There are a dozen teams involved in that deal. Powell, Rock Springs, and Gillette, also with cross-country meets today. It's in sports. Okay, so like I said last hour, it's just going to be a gorgeous weekend for the sunny, not very breezy out there. What are you doing this weekend, Frank? Let's see. I'm gonna. I'm in, still in South Dakota. I'm going to go to a cross-country meet in Gillette, and then I'm going to go down to Douglas for football tonight, and then there's a football game in Casper tomorrow, and then um, watch the Cowboy game. Wow. Okay. Now you're going to watch it from home, I guess, then. Well, yeah, I'll probably go to a, a local establishment and oh, uh, okay. park, okay. park, yeah. park myself and just commiserate with other Cowboy fans and stuff like that. So it, it, okay. Cool. Now, when you go and watch it at some other establishment, do you like to you get a booth or a table? Oh, I sit right at the bar. Oh, okay. Okay. I just kind of wondered, were you the bar sitter? I'm the booth guy. I like to just go somewhere and get into it so I can spread out a little bit more. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and then other people who actually need a booth. <laughs> yeah. And then when other people who actually need a booth come in and see me and want me to move, I don't. So <laughs> I stay home a lot, Frank. All right. <laughs> Have a great weekend. Coming up on some local business. Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. Glad you made it to a Friday. All right, open phones. Triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine. I'll just kind of roll with it. Uh, just something for you to think about this weekend. I think I have my slogan. Uh, cemetery boards in Wyoming are elected. Uh, if, if the county is running a cemetery, that means that's taxpayer money. And so there has to be an elected board to oversee taxpayer money. That's the Wyoming law. So cemetery boards are elected people. So if you were going to campaign for a cemetery board, what is your slogan? What would you put on a bumper sticker to run your campaign? Some of the suggestions, till death do us part. That was one from Miss Mary. Uh, Todd and Casper. I will manage the club everyone dies to get into. Mine, my bumper sticker will read, I will make sure you don't vote Democrat. Okay. I See, I think that's a winner to get me on the cemetery board for sure, especially in the state like Wyoming. All right, Triple Eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine. I'm going to grab this story because I just hit a story. They went, wait, wait, hold it. Headline. 
Hillary Clinton floats formal deprogramming of extremists. Okay. Uh, Formal deprogramming sounds very Orwellian, room 101, of extremists. Let's talk about what she thinks extremists are because uh, there's a lot of... I know there's right-wing extremists. They exist. I'm not going to say that they don't. There's left-wing extremists too, you know. We talk about them all the time on programs like this. What about left-wing extremists? All right, here's the story. Former Secretary of State and uh, <clears throat> parolee, I wish is what it said, called for a formal deprogramming for many supporters of President Trump during a CNN interview. Discussing the current upheaval and cap. What about deprogramming of Obama and, and Clinton supporters? You want to talk about cults of personality? I mean, if you want to call Trump supporters a cult of personality, fine. Well, what was the Obama era or the Clinton era? Okay, going back. Discussing the recent upheaval on Capitol Hill, which contrasted what she said, uh, the same part of the GOP caucus who helped prevent a government shutdown with the cult wing of the people who are devoted to Trump. She says, that's the way it used to be, Hillary told CNN. I mean... We had a very strong partisan, you know, in both parties in the past, and we've had very bitter battles over all kinds of things. But there wasn't this little tale of extremism waving, you know, wagging the dog of the Republican Party as it is today. There wasn't? Okay, according to Hillary, when her husband was president, there was not an extreme, even today, There's no extremists on the left? Okay, reading on. And sadly, she said, so many of those extremists, those MAGA extremists, take their marching orders from President Donald Trump. Hey, for you uh, Trump supporters out there, have you received your marching orders this week? And I'm wondering, how do you do that? Uh, Is it done by mail or is it on the dark web? Some, I'm not sure. Look, some Trump supporters don't even like using cell phones. I just want to know shortwave radio. How do you do that? Let me know. I'd love to know how you do that. Anyway, MAGA extremists take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility to let by any measure. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions, criminal actions. Uh, when do they break away from him? Well, hang on, Hillary. I, I just want... I want to ask, when do people break away from you? Hillary Clinton is one of those who should have been in jail a long time ago for multiple reasons. To name one, you want to talk extortion. With the Clinton Foundation, when she was Secretary of State, if you wanted, if you needed something done through the Secretary of State's office, which usually involved a lot of money and international things, and that's what the Secretary of State's office does, What you would have to do is hire Bill, her husband, for a load of money. I mean, hire him to go speak for like 30 minutes to your group for like And all of a sudden, magically, the office of the Secretary of State would get done whatever you wanted or needed to get done. Or, or you make a donation, big fat donation to the Clinton Foundation. Because, you know... That's a charitable organization, and all the money for the Clinton Foundation goes to charitable things. Nothing goes to the Clintons. None. 
after you've made this massive donation, suddenly, magically, the Secretary of State's office is going to give you whatever you've been asking for. So there's that. Then there's a problem with classified documents, and there are servers, computers, that she brought home and had in sort of her cellar office that were unsecure with all sorts of classified documents all over them. Now, any one of those classified documents would have wound, would have landed her in jail for a very long period of time, but never did. And she had piles of classified documents. And when she was told to turn that in, she destroyed it. Bleached it. We remember going through that. There's that bleach program to get rid of things on the computer. Um, what was it, folks? Like a cell phone that was destroyed with a hammer. In other words, she got rid of the evidence, which is also illegal, and she should have gone to jail for that, but never did. So when, Hillary, does your cult of personality give up on you? Because there are people to this day who weep over Hillary, cry before her. I've seen it happen. I'm not making that up. I've seen it happen the last time she ran for president. When she didn't win, you should have seen the tears. So all I'm saying is if you want to call out Trump supporters for being a cult of personality that will defend him no matter what. Okay. Okay. You can have that. That's just fine. And what about you? And what about Obama? And even though most Democrats really don't like the idea of Biden being around, they still support him because he's a Democrat no matter what. And when she talks about deprogramming, and deprogramming how exactly? What what do you mean by deprogramming? She said it's a classic tale of authoritarian populace who really has a grip on emotional, psychological needs and desires of a portion of the population. Now, again, Hillary, you're sure you're just talking about a certain group of Republicans here? Because this sounds familiar to me. And the base of the Republican Party, for whatever combinations of reasons, she says, and it's emotional and psychological, well, they see him somehow uh, as as if the, he speaks for them. You know, and yeah, so again, the tearful rallies, things like that. Well, okay, okay, again, uh, Hillary, want me just to hold a mirror up here? Maybe they don't like migrants maybe they don't like gay people black people so now she's throwing out racist homophobic all this kind of stuff which they always do whatever the reason she continued so it's like a cult no don't because you know democrats don't ever get like a cult do they no we never have anything like the cult of climate change for example well there's no democrat cults out there is there no. So it's like a cult, she said, and somebody has to break that momentum. And that's why I believe Joe Biden will defeat them. And hopefully then that will be the end of the uh, it will forever break. And the Republicans can try to get back to uh, fighting about issues among themselves and electing people who are at least, you know, responsible and accountable. OK, because, you know what, Hillary, we need more people like Ocasio-Cortez. Sure, we do. Because there's no one in the Democrat Party that you can point a finger at that directly fits exactly the model that you just spoke, right? No, of course not. Oftentimes, I'm astounded by people who say things like this, but they don't turn around and take a look at themselves. It's everybody else. It's not them. He says, you can put half of Trump supporters in what we call it. She said this one. Remember this? She said this a while back. You can put half of Trump supporters in what I call a basket of deplorables. 
they're racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. Well, okay. Um, oh, okay, so this is what she thinks of you. All right, so I want to ask then, can we then turn to the Democrats and say there's nobody in the Democrat Party who's like this at all? None. Okay. It just is always astounding to me when people like Hillary say what you just heard here, what I just read to you. But they don't bother to go look in the mirror or go look at their own people and apply the same to see if it holds true. If they do see it, they live in denial of it. 9.16 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Got something to say? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. So with what I just said, just got done reading about Hillary Clinton's comments. Uh, Chet and Yoder, she's racist straight up, yeah. Uh, Prince and Casper, she should be in jail, better yet prison. Yeah, okay. Mountain, well, again, on the whole list of things. There's a whole list of things that the Clintons have gotten away with that any one of those little things an average person would have been in jail for for pretty much life. But uh, Lord, the things that the Clintons have gotten away with. Uh, let's see, Mountain Mike. Uh, see, I did it again, Mary. I tried to swipe my computer screen here. Wrong computer. Mountain Mike. Glenn, I get my marching orders from Trump through ESP. Okay, Mike. That's what tin hats are for. Okay? That's why you wear a tin hat, Mike. So they can't get through to you that way. Rianne and Fort Danger, I love that these people think people would take anything they say into consideration. Well, it depends because there are people who agree with everything that Hillary has to say. But then again, they've always agreed with Hillary. They love her. They agree with everything she has to say. Hillary can do no wrong. Now, to be fair, there are people who I've met and have had as callers to this program who are Trump supporters. And there's nothing that Trump can do that's wrong. There's nothing they've ever said or done that's wrong. So uh, they'll support him no matter what. So there's always in any popular campaign a cult of personality. It always exists. Uh, but what Hillary is, what gets me about what Hillary just said is she doesn't see it in her own party. She doesn't understand that the same things surrounded her husband when he was president, surrounded her the two times she ran for president, that nothing like that ever surrounded Obama. Nothing at all, huh? Yeah, okay. Then again, she wants them deprogrammed. Deprogrammed how? Because that's what gets me. I uh, oftentimes hear about depro, which is, well, again, George Orwell's 1984, Room 101 comes to mind. If you want to convince people that they're wrong about something, uh, absolutely. I, I do that constantly on program, well, this program right here and things that I write when I write a book or something like that. <clears throat> that's me trying to convince people of what I think. But uh, oftentimes, the programming becomes really Orwellian. That's what I have a problem with. All right. 888-97-WOODS is the phone number. Let's see. Bob in Glenrock. Morning, Bob. The reasonable man adapts his uh, to his environment. The unreasonable man adapts his environment to himself. So all progress is due to unreason the unreasonable man. <laughs> I hadn't heard that one before. I like that. All right, now I'm going to reach over to the screen that I can swipe, just so you know. 
So I keep telling Ms. Mary, I keep blowing this. I have a laptop to my right where I can get notes from Ms. Mary and you. If you hit the chat button on your Wake Up Wyoming app, you can send me a text. To my left is a little tablet here where I have everything that I'm talking about today. That way I'm splitting the tasks up between computers. The laptop does not have a touchscreen. Okay, it has a mouse pad. The, of course, tablet is all touchscreen. So I go over to the tablet and I'm swiping away with my finger. Then I go over to the laptop and I forget. And I start swiping the screen and I wonder, how come this isn't working? And I keep doing it. Medieval Knievel. Oh, I like that name. And Cheyenne. Trump is just a deplorable Obama is the Messiah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, they really did. There really was a cult of personality around Obama. They built that when he was running for president. They built a cult of personality. So, all right. Uh, for those people who like, I'm not a sports fan, as you know. This one, though, I think will probably drive you crazy. Headline, hotel rooms are unavailable for Army-Navy game because they're filled with illegal immigrants. Yeah, the Army-Navy, I'm sorry, I just heard someone scream out there. The Army-Navy game is a famous, the story says, popular college football showdown. Oh, even I know that, especially with military families. Unfortunately, this year, hotels in the Massachusetts town where the game will take place, are filled with illegal immigrants. So U.S. citizens are having trouble finding any place to make res. Well, actually, for this to be a little fair, a little bit, if you want tickets and you want a hotel for the Army-Navy game, you should have made them a long time ago, like a year ago at least. Anyway, it's bad enough that American taxpayers are spending millions or even billions of dollars housing illegal aliens who should never have been here to begin with. But now those same American taxpayers can't book their hotel room, Foxborough, Massachusetts, for December 9th because it's reserved for illegals. Many supporters, the story say, cannot make hotel reservations nothing to do with Wyoming near Gillette Stadium because a number of rooms in that area are dedicated to housing of these uh, illegals. I don't mind, look, it, despite what Hillary says, I have, and I know you're the same way too, I have no problem with people coming from other countries to America. You want to go ahead and make a go here? Please do. Absolutely. But we have a way of doing it for a reason. There's a process for a reason. And every country has that same process for a reason. Or several reasons, actually. You don't just sneak across the border. There's a problem with that. All right, so one travel agent said... There's about 400 rooms he's helped book for veterans that have been reassigned for immigrants. 400 rooms he has helped book for veterans that have been reassigned for illegal immigrants. Bay State has a huge illegal immigrant crisis on its hands thanks to its state's right-to-shelter rule. As a result, so many illegals have flocked into the Commonwealth to take up so much energy and housing and so on. The governor has declared a state of emergency. Now, remember, these are sanctuary cities and sanctuary states. They declared themselves to be sanctuary cities and sanctuary states. Okay, if that's what you say you are. But the moment that they're asked to live it, they can't declare a state of emergency 
and they damn those southern states for daring to send people up their way. According to uh, one person being interviewed here, it's not just a lack of rooms that are creating issues. It's also a safety concern. And, of course, whenever government starts paying for lodging in an area, prices go up. Quote, I have enough rooms, says this one hotel manager, to cover some people. Some people are looking around. The price is very high. For many, the issue is safety. They're questioning the safety of remaining in hotels located near those now filled with illegals. Some of these people are sketchy. In other words, lots of questions from clients, she says. Hotels are struggling with safety protocols. Even though some rooms are available, none of the illegals should be here, says one hotel manager. So all the rooms should be available and certainly not uh, reassigned to illegal immigrants. Massachusetts governor sent her empty condolences to veterans who might have had their reservations canceled, but that's all she was willing to do. As Massachusetts state representative said, how ironic, one of the biggest football games in America, in Gillette Stadium, the home of the New England Patriots, we can't find rooms for people who have fought and sacrificed for our country, but we're willing to give it up for illegal immigration. Now, the one that got me a while back was the story I gave you guys where a veteran who is old now, he's old, he's a veteran, and he has no place else to go, was living on disability in an apartment, assisted living apartment. And he had to vacate for illegals. I told you that story, I think, earlier this week. Kevin and Wheatland, we're listening to you online while camping at Signal Mountain in Teton National Park, and the cell service stinks. Anyway, he says, I'll vote for Trump even though I have grimaced at the at the same thing. Um, at the same things he said, at some of the things he said. All right, Kevin, enjoy camping. It's a beautiful weekend to do it. We're coming up on some local business that we have to take care of, and we're going to roll into news time after that national local update on the weather forecast. See, Kevin is camping in the Tetons and can listen to the show because he has the Wake Up Wyoming app. Just pointing it out. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Now, Glenn Woods fits in your pocket with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 9.36 of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, getting some interesting answers here. Uh, Hillary Clinton had said that you Republicans are getting your marching orders from Donald Trump. And I want to know how he's sending the marching orders out because I'm not really seeing any marching orders out there. But you you tell me, maybe I'm wrong about this. That's where you had Mountain Mike in Union City. I get my marching orders from Trump through ESP. I reminded him that that's what tin hats are for. Got to be careful. I mean, how do you know? That that's Donald Trump in your head. I'm just saying there. Okay. Uh, let me see. Jay and Douglas Hagelin. I get my MAGA marching orders from smoke signals. Interesting. Now, I would assume that those smoke signals come from burning coal in coal-fired power plants. And so what, ha- yeah. so what happens is when you see a coal power plant and you see all of that steam rising out of there, 
that's actually uh, Donald Trump's smoke signals. And, of course, it goes nice, big, and high. You can see that across the fruited plain. That's probably the best way to do it. <clears throat> or the dark web. I don't think that many MAGA supporters get marching orders through the Internet or the dark web because, according to Democrats, a lot of you folks are technophobes. So, obviously not. Right. Okay. And then I, I wonder how can you get uh, good signals if you are wearing a tin hat? I, I'm not sure how this works. Maybe snail mail. And the reason I say snail mail is because so many people on the liberal side use technology to their advantage. And I mean, big time use technology to their advantage. And so probably the best way to send secret messages to each other is just through old snail mail. Oh, I know it takes longer, but honestly, what Democrat is reading mail out of their mailbox? I mean, that's just so last century to send messages that way. I would bet. I did a story. It's on the Wake Up Wyoming site this morning. I was in the Chugwater uh, restaurant that I love going to, the oldest soda fountain in Wyoming. You'll find that. Go to Chugwater, Wyoming. You'll find the soda fountain there. And the owner, Jill, decided that she needed to put in a landline. I mean, I even have landlines here in my office. A lot of offices still have landlines today. And she wanted to be able to take orders if someone wanted to order food. So she went ahead and put a landline in. And it's an old rotary phone, which I thought was just amazing to watch her employees take calls but also make calls. It's on the wall when you walk in to the Chugwater Soda Fountain. Look all the way to the back by the kitchen. You'll see an old rotary phone on the wall with a long cord. And they actually use it to take orders and call out. I haven't seen that since I was a kid. I had to, I, That's why I took some pictures of it. I did a post on the Wake Up Wyoming site if you want to see that. Miss Mary will alert that out at some point today so you can see those pictures. Now, there's only one other business that I know that does that, and that's a restaurant in Casper, Wyoming, an Italian restaurant, and they actually use an old payphone for that. I think maybe that's how MAGA supporters, Trump supporters, are possibly getting messages around. They went to old technology. They decided to go back to the old rotary phones because, let's face it, if they're using old rotary phones, then what possible modern technology can hack that? Huh? Yeah. Right now, there's some Trump supporters out there listening to me going, actually, Glenn, you got a good idea there. I probably do. If you want to get around all the Democrats and send secret messages to each other, sit down and write a letter. Get this, right? <clears throat> write a letter by hand in cursive. Because even if they open your mail, if they find that snail mail, like they know how a mailbox works anymore, they don't know how to use a rotary phone they couldn't steal my car because it's a stick shift. So they probably don't know how a mailbox works. But if they do manage to find mail in your mailbox and they open the letter without getting a paper cut and they open up the letter and try to read it, you've handwritten that secret Trump message in cursive. Now, did they learn how to read and write cursive in school? No, they did not. You see where I'm going with this? So now you Trump supporters out there have an unbreakable code. You want to talk to each other without those damn liberals listening to you? 
pick up your rotary phone and dial it. They won't be able. It's a landline, so they can't tap in. Not with their cell phones. They can't hack into a landline like they can with today's modern computers where everything is floating around in the cloud, as they say. They won't be able to listen in because they don't know how to dial an old rotary phone. You See, they can't write cursive. And every from now on, you go to buy a car, buy an internal combustion engine, and make sure it is a manual stick shift operated. You beat them by going back to the old technology. It will confuse the hell out of them. Okay, these are my ideas for the weekend. Something for you to ruminate on while you're going through the weekend here. How to defeat the liberal media. Well, remember how Ronald Reagan got around the liberal media. He did mass mail-outs across the country. That was before the Internet. So go back to that. And, and there you go. There. See? Stick with me, and by the end of the week, I will solve every problem out there. Or at least I sound like I do. God help you if you actually listen to me. Coming up at 943, it's Wake Up Wyoming. Local and mobile across Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to Frank Campino we go. Talk sports for just a bit. Frank, I accidentally stumbled across in the last segment how to uh, confuse and talk, communicate right in front of the younger generation without them knowing what is going on. I've got it all figured out, Frank. Okay, I'm sure you don't know what you're talking about, and maybe they do, but I would doubt that, yes. too. It's just... Maybe you know, they it's, do. Okay. It's just, it's just, it's well, gibberish. okay. For, Let's yeah, let's say you and I wanted to have a conversation right in front of Miss Mary, but we didn't want her to know what we were talking about. So we use old slang from back in the seventies. Oh yeah, they have no clue. Not zero. Yeah, we, so we when she well, when she's talking to her friends Right. When she's talking to her friends in front of us, we have no idea what they're talking about. So turnabout's fair play, right? Now yeah, let's absolutely. say I wanted to pass you a note. Yeah, okay. Now, I want to pass you a note, and I, if they accidentally get that note, I don't want them to be able to read it. First off, I'll go ahead and write it in cursive, which many schools don't <laughs> teach today. I, now, Mary will read the you? note and look at it and have no idea. <laughs> so, how is your Okay, then, to first... Yeah, uh, it's kind of been lacking over the years, but I think if I just take my time, you and I will be able to communicate. How's your penmanship, by the way? Terrible. It's more like yeah. Okay, really. we'll have to be careful. Yeah. yeah, it gets worse the more you type. Okay. Next, if I want to send that to you without them knowing that I sent you a note, I use this old thing that is pretty much obsolete today. It's referred to as snail mail. It's when you actually write a note on a piece of paper. I know that's freaky, right? Save the trees and all of that. Put it into a thing called an envelope or envelope, depending on which part of the country you're from. It needs to get an address and a stamp on it. So I send it to you, Frank. And then it arrives in something that they never check. It's called a mailbox. 
All right. And then since they'd never checked these things, how is she even going to know that we're passing notes? How about like in a classroom? Remember you had the mirror passing notes in, 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 yeah. in, in the classroom, you know, like and he had to fold it a certain way. Yeah. Now they just text. Sure. Yeah, there you go. See, they'll fool us by texting us and so on and using modern technology. We'll go back to the old way. In fact, you and I, Frank, are each going to get a rotary phone on our desk so we can communicate. They will never figure out how to operate. We're safe. We're good. And I have some stamps on my desk, by the way, if you need some. You actually do? Holy crap. Oh, that's yeah. old school. Go with sports. All right. High school football today, tonight, and tomorrow. And Casper tonight in 4A, two five and one teams will go at it as Natrona will host Campbell County. Both teams in the race for a home playoff game in the 4A playoffs, so there's a lot to play for. That's a 6 p.m. start from NC. Sheridan ranked number one in our Wild Preps poll will host Kelly Walsh. Bronx 6-0 and KW 2-4. Cheyenne East at 5-1. We'll take on Crosstown rival Cheyenne Central in the Capitol Bowl at Risky Field at 6 p.m. Central is 3-3. Three three. That's also starts in, in Laramie. Uh, we'll be looking for their first one of the year. They will host 3-3 three three Thunder Base at 6 o'clock. Win the Cheyenne South with one against one win at Rock Springs tonight. In 2A, winless Glenrock at home to meet Torrington at 7. One win Burns will be on the road at Tongue River in six-man football this afternoon. AC at 4-2 will host 4-1 Burlington. Tomorrow, Casper Christian will host Dubois at Doom. That will be played at the Trona in a battle of three and two teams. Midwest at 1-3 and three will be at two on Saturday. And keep track of all the football scores on wildcups.com. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys hosting Fresno State tomorrow night in Laramie at 6 p.m. It's a gigantic game, really, for both teams. And if the folks want to make that next big step forward this season and as a program in general, here is a major opportunity. UW 4-1 overall. Their, their only loss was to nasty rated Texas. They beat New Mexico last week in the Mountain West Conference opener. Fresno State, they're 5-0. They won 14 in a row, dating back to last season. They're rated 24th in the country. They beat Nevada last week and have owned the Cowboys over the last few years. Now, does Wyoming have to be perfect tomorrow? No, but they got to be pretty close. And, and turnovers will be a big, big deal, and they got to get great play out of their quarterback. Should be an interesting game, and it's a 6 p.m. start tomorrow from Laramie, and we'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. High School Volleyball tonight. Sheridan will play at Petrona. Kelly Walsh will host Jackson. In high school cross country, Casper, the big meet at the Paradise Valley Golf Course this afternoon. A big meet also will be the Leroy Sprague Race in Cheyenne this afternoon at the Prairie View Golf Course. Twelve teams will be involved in that deal. Powell, Rock Springs, and Gillette also with cross country meets today. Girls High School Swimming, Cheyenne East with a big meet tomorrow with nine teams. Buffalo, Rollins, and Lander will have meets tomorrow. And in Major League Baseball, the divisional round of the playoffs will start tomorrow in the best-of-seven series. And the National League Philadelphia will be at, at Atlanta in Game 1. Arizona will be at the Los Angeles Dodgers. In the American League, Baltimore will host Game 1. The Baltimore will host Game 1 with Texas. And Minnesota will be at Houston. And that's it in sports for now. Sounds like you really have no idea who's going to win this weekend's game at UW. Nope, you know what? I if I'm a betting man, I take Wyoming in the points and the and, and Wyoming is six six point underdogs. If you're betting, take Wyoming oh. and the points. Yeah. Absolutely okay, Wyoming and the points. Remember how Ever Frank predicts do the opposite. <laughs> it works every Super Bowl, I guarantee. Yeah, pretty much. Hey Frank, know, have a great weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. Then we're going to roll into news time after that national local update on the weather forecast. Have yourselves a dynamite weekend because it's going to be a good looking one. Before we get into winter, get out there, see those fall colors. It's Wake Up Wyoming.